Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Our first reading is from the fourth chapter of Deuteronomy. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to or subtract from these commands that I'm giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you. Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. For what great nation has God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I'm giving you today? But watch out, be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. We read responsively from Psalm 15. Psalm 15. It starts with a P. <laughs> Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. The second reading is from the first chapter of James. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chooses to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possessions. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. 
If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. One day, some of the Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of the many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups and pitchers and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All you listen, he said, and try to understand. It is not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled but what comes from your heart. From within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Well, welcome back to the Gospel of Mark. For the last six weeks, we have done a little tour through the Gospel of John, where Jesus feeds uh, 5,000 people, talks about manna in the wilderness, and describes himself being the bread of life. But today, we jump back into the Gospel of Mark, and boy, do we jump back in. So I'm wondering, In your lifetime, have you ever yelled and honked your horn profusely at the driver who just cut you off and almost caused an accident instead of taking a deep breath and just driving on? Well, I know I have. And I'm wondering, in your lifetime, have you ever smugly despised a person for some reason, like the things they enjoy, or maybe their political stance, instead of trying to understand and appreciate their point of view? Well, I know I have. And I'm wondering, 
Have you ever judged a person for something you observed them doing? Even though admittedly you don't know about the whole situation or what led up to the action. I know I have, and I'm typically a fairly nice person who doesn't judge too quickly. But then there's those moments when I do. But with, here is what I've come to know. Typically, at one point or another in a person's life, we can think and do some pretty insensitive things. And those are the things which defile us, as Jesus said in today's Gospel reading. These are the things that hint at what is really going on, taking place in our hearts. And those things can lead us to actions and thoughts which are not very helpful for anyone. In today's gospel, Jesus was warning the Pharisees not to condemn the disciples just because of these outward actions, their lapse of the, uh, doing the tradition of washing their hands before they ate, because those were really just small things. That is not what defiles you, he said. He was implying there were bigger fish to fry, if you will. There were much greater things that defiled them that showed their ability to sin and those came from inside the person. And these words are Jesus' way of communicating to us, I think, just how delicate and difficult faith can be at times. This is true because when we exercise our faith, we often impact other people. And the kingdom of God relies on us, I think, being watchful about what is taking place in our heart. And, and that reveals, perhaps, is revealed by our behavior in a particular situation. Well, this past week, as you all know, the Republican senator from Arizona, John McCain, died. He died of brain cancer. And quickly, the national news and the Facebook feed filled up with all sorts of tributes to John McCain. They expressed admiration of his service to the country. They expressed admiration of his patriotism and his courage. And the most interesting thing in reading through these various accolades was the consistency of the reverences and the regards. Regardless of political loyalties or partisanship, the praise of McCain centered on the senator's constancy in his leadership and in his decisions and in his relationships, which revealed his true heart. People seemed to believe that there was this perceivable correlation between the beliefs in his heart and his behaviors in his career as a politician. I think life with consistency and integrity is not something that can easily be faked. We might try hard sometimes, thinking that we can fool others and ourselves with our good intentions, all the while maybe masking our true feelings, and maybe we're doing this by doing behaviors that we perceive as acceptable. Maybe we do this by convincing ourselves that our actions are indeed worthy of God's desires, but maybe at times they are really more about impressing other people. This gospel text invites us to look deeply at our lives and our actions as Christians and to really see them for what they are. And these texts invite us to consistency and integrity as Christians. 
They invite us to be honest about who we are so God's love and grace can infiltrate our lives and let God's light in, and let that light in so it can work in our lives. There's this old folk tale about a man who goes to a father abbot at a monastery to teach him how to be a great saint. And the young man comes to the father abbot and he asks him, he says, Father, I want to learn how to be a great saint. It was winter then, so the father abbot was standing at the window looking out upon the yard while the young man was droning into his ears, glowing accounts of his piety and his learnings. The young man said, You see, father abbot, I always go dressed in spotless white like the sages of old. I never, never drink any alcoholic beverages. Only water passes my lips. I live a plain and simple life. I have sharp-edged nails in my shoes to mortify me. Even in the coldest weather, I lay naked in the snow to torment my flesh. And daily, I receive 40 lashes on my bare back to complete my perpetual penance. And as the young man spoke, a white horse was led into the yard of the monastery to do the water trough, and it drank, and then it rolled in the snow like horses sometimes do. Just look, cried the abbot, that animal too is dressed in white. It also drinks nothing but water. It has nails in its shoes, and it rolls in the snow when it's naked, or it rolls naked in the snow. Also, rest assured, it daily ration of 40 lashes uh, goes to its rump from its master. Now I ask you, my friend, he said to the man, is it a saint or is it a horse? Yes, we can get a little mixed up on what is important when it comes to practicing our faith. Yes, we are not always worried about revealing God's heart to others like the saints whose work is remembered. Instead, we are worried about doing what is right or what is perceived as right by others. This young man needed God's love to get into his heart so he could just live his life fueled by that love and not by those other things that seem to be the most important. And here's the bottom line. It's just hard to admit our tendencies toward that which is not from the heart of God. And why? Because all too quickly, hearing the truth about our shortcomings and our imperfections and our abilities, sometimes that turns into doubt about our vocations and our call as God's children. And that can leave us with this sense of unworthiness. And then often we begin to think that God could not possibly rely on us to reveal the heart of God to others. But here's the truth. He does. He does. And even though we don't always get it right, God relies on us to reveal the heart of God to others. Well, when we get kind of all caught up in that, then it can be easy for us to dismiss God's need for our active witness for God's work here and now and to struggle with what is our active witness for God's work here and now. But here is what I think I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed too. No one is exempt from this need to periodically have a strong searching of our hearts just, I think, as Jesus was suggesting in this gospel lesson. 
Luther said it and Jesus knew. We all have this great capacity to be both saint and sinner at the same time. And I think that's unexpected, but it is absolutely true. We can do so many wonderful things um, from the, that come out from the love of God in us, and then we can sometimes may, uh, uh, fail miserably too. So maybe we can hear the grace in these words, in this invitation to search our hearts once again. And our searching earnestly and intently can lead us back to finding God's heart once again. And then the other thing I think that happens in our searching, when we find this heart of God again, we are reminded that we're forgiven and we are reminded that we get to start again. Thursday morning, I was walking with my friend Carlene. Uh, she and I are training to walk the Queen Bee half marathon. Anyway, Carlene is Jewish. And she was telling me about getting ready to celebrate Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And she was telling me how she loves those holy days in her faith because they allow her to reflect on the past year of life and get ready, if you will, for the upcoming year of life. She went, then went on to tell me how she works hard at doing God's will and helping and serving when there are opportunities to do so. And she spoke of how these days help her focus again on what she feels she is called to do and be. Well, as she spoke about these observances in her faith, my mind drifted to Ash Wednesday and Lent, when we practice the refocusing of our life and actions for a season. We can, uh, and we do that so we can show forth God's grace and love and mercy once again. Why do I mention this? Because I think this gospel, and really all these texts that we read today, serve as like this mirror so we can view our own hearts and our actions and see them for what they are. This text we read today calls us to, if you will, a little Lent right here in the middle or at least at the beginning of September so we can return to God with our whole heart and maybe in this moment of time where God wants us to be so we can pause and a new heart can be created with us, as, within us as the psalmist says. As we ponder our heart's intentions, as we ponder these things which are kind of heavy, it seems important to me to be reminded of this good news. God does not love us if we change. God loves us so we can change. And I think of all the people in scripture that illustrate this so much, I think of Zacchaeus. He's loved and he changes. Paul loved and changes. Peter loved and changes. And you know what? I know some of your stories and I know how they begin with God's love and how that has transformed you. God loves and people are changed forever. Well, this text really isn't about hand washing. It never was. Jesus is talking about the human heart, and he is asking, where is your heart? As humans, we do need to practice. We need practices that will help our faith grow and flourish. We want guidelines and patterns to follow. 
because they do help us lead a godly life. They help us to be connected with, a God, with God. And we promote that here at Good Shepherd. But as surely as we need and want that type of assurance, Jesus warns us that our desire to check off these lists of virtues and good deeds and right actions can lead us to missing the point. Do you serve at a soup kitchen because it just seems like the right thing to do? Or do you serve with honest desire to show care to other human beings who are the least of them? Or do you read the bio bill because that's what you're supposed to do and saying, I got it done today, boy, got it off my list. Or do you read it out of an honest desire to encounter the living God, to connect with God and hear God's voice for your life? As humans, we have found guidelines and practices to be helpful in growing our faith. There is no doubt about it. But as people of faith, we also need to listen to our hearts where God has written his word and poured into our hearts his varied love. In the end, Jesus is making a point about how God wants us to be religious. And while faith may begin with these practices, these laws and these guidelines, and they can help us interact with the world because they help us perhaps see the bigger picture, in the end, they must always be um, guided and altered when needed by the heart, by God's heart. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.